0: Evan Dunn and Zane Spore leader. Seattle Church Radio's one and only goal is to talk about the Christian church in the greater Seattle area, a particularly interesting place to be a Christian. Um, So we're talking to a variety of church leaders, people from all types of churches, people whose lives are defined by their efforts to be the church in the sense of actually organizing around faith in Jesus Christ. So we only have two real criteria for uh, people we decide to interview. One is a history of activity in church ministry and leadership and a clear faith in Jesus Christ. So with us today we have Alice Walt, whose name we stumbled across in a stranger article titled, Seattle's Best Christians. Alice has been working for decades to bring churches together around a variety of causes. The Stranger article itself says if there was a church-based rally or lobbying campaign to protect the homeless, the hungry, the mentally ill, or the oppressed, Walt was likely there behind the scenes and often out in front. Alice currently serves on the board of trustees for Trinity United Methodist Church. She also uh, serves on several committees with the Faith Action Network, uh, which you were listing earlier.
1: Yes, uh, the program committee. I am the liaison from Trinity United Methodist Church, and I co-chair the um, uh, effort to keep the 36th legislative district in touch with FAN and with our legislators.
0: And this is retirement?
1: This is retirement, (laughs) yes.
0: (laughs) That's great. you know, we we're really curious reading that article, which was a very fascinating, long uh, article about a bunch of different Christians in Seattle in The Stranger, the Seattle's Best Christians article. How did it feel to be listed as <laughs> a best Christian in Seattle?
1: It was pretty weird, actually. I mean, I know uh, David Goldstein, who mm-hmm. wrote the article, and uh, he is now, I believe, working for Nick Hanauer, who is a... Uh, major donor to a lot of various uh, peace and justice campaigns and works with the unions but uh, I was actually honored to be named with uh, someone like Archbishop Hunthausen who I've uh, had great respect for um, over the years that he served in this community and his real commitment to peace and justice. Mm -hmm.
2: That's awesome. Uh, Yeah when I when i stumbled across that article i actually uh yours i was the only name that i actually f- did further research on um the the description of you was just uh really um, profound to me or it just it, it drew me in um it, it said that uh that you're a gray-haired and slight build and two or three of you could fit inside an ample frame of just one blubbering Ken Hutcherson. And I don't know who that is, uh, but but don't let that deceive you. This 72-year-old Walt, a scrappy throwback to an era when social justice Christians manned the front lines of the civil rights um, protests and movements. And so to me, it, it just gave me this picture, uh, as well as another article I, I read of, of you about um, just your work with churches, bringing them together, and your, your desire to see justice in Seattle and across Washington and the world, uh, it just gave me this picture of this, uh, this really like strong and compassionate person. Uh, so it just made me really interested, and that's why I reached out to you, because um, I just thought it was, uh, was this, this great picture to me of someone that I wanted to meet.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, how do you respond to uh, recordings of, of long compliments? Uh, that's really what today is about. So one of the words that came up off, often uh, related to your work, and you've used it a lot, right, is ecumenism. Um, can you share with us a little bit about what that word means to you, what that idea means to you?
1: Yeah, Um Actually, this was uh, something that I was introduced to by uh, Bill Kate, who is a former uh, long-term uh, executive director of the Church Council of Greater Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it um, was named Church Council of Greater Seattle for a particular purpose, that uh, it goes back to the early church where the church had councils of communities of Christians that um, had different viewpoints and had different ideas about how things should be done and how you achieve peace and justice Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, And his whole uh, idea about the Church Council of Greater Greater Seattle was that because the church itself is so weak in Seattle that uh, we really needed to be speaking to one another Mm -hmm. and to work together to achieve the kingdom of God
3: Mm
1: -hmm. and in this community. And so I've spent many years working to bring people together and uh, not only Christians, although I started out and spent a long time doing that, but then as uh, the Washington Association of Churches merged with Lutheran Public Policy Office and became an interfaith organization because we felt that there were faith communities that had some of the same, um, a different path, but same commitments around peace and justice
3: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, it was best to be talking in a larger mm-hmm. circle
2: what would you say the benefits of um, of taking the the council from a Christian faith uh, organization to an interfaith organization would be?
1: Well, I think the benefits are that you get to understand people's motivations uh, better, and um, and the various spiritual paths that people might be on, and uh, and for fan whose main goal is to achieve change through um, legislative action through um, actions that the religious community on the whole would uh, approve and appreciate that uh, I think that was the main motivation and also just seeing Washington as a growing uh, multicultural area, mm-hmm. uh, especially Seattle, where you have a num- many different faith communities. I mean, I grew up in a community that the big difference was between Protestants and Catholics.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. <laughs> but we were all Christians. Right. And, uh, and so... Uh, It's just kind of a step into um, a a broader um, exploration of what other religions are about and if you have anything in common with them.
0: How has the uh, willingness of various churches, you've been working on this for a long time, Mm-hmm. Um, how has that you how have you seen that change, the responses churches have mm. to this premise that we should have a joint effort around things like peace and justice? You
1: know? Um, I would say, ecumenism is not as strong as it was when there was a uh, more of a concern about... Religion in this country. I mean, you know, you look around and 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 especially in this part of the country Not just Washington, but also Oregon that there there are a number of people who claim no faith Mm -hmm. or agnostic or and similarly in Maine which is interesting sort of just the other opposite end of the United States uh, and and that's a major concern for organizations like the Church Council and like was for Washington Association of Churches but um, we're finding that across the country though that it's that ecumenism is not the uh, there's there's not the support for it as there once was
0: as in the um, as the unaffiliated religiously unaffiliated have grown the number of those people has grown the willingness of churches are getting distracted from the idea that the ideas that communism sort of has to I offer
1: yeah, and also the polarization. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the um, what some people would call the left of the church and the right of the church is not any different in my estimation than the right and the left in in our politics in this mm-hmm. country. Yeah. Uh, we've become fragmented. We have been um, uh, concerned about our own... <laughs> uh y- you know yeah. much much more introspective and uh, worried about uh, our own decline mm-hmm. and i think that's a problem and i, I you know the, the early church was not that concerned about <laughs> growth mm-hmm. and about uh, what yes they they spoke the word and they proclaimed uh, God's peace on earth and and we have I think somewhat lost that
3: mm-hmm.
2: yeah I I agree when I when I think about Jesus's emphasis on being one as him and the father uh-huh. are one it seems like we're missing something um, also, it feels sometimes really idealistic to say we can just put the differences aside and work uh-huh. together. Right. I just I like I want to pursue, it. and that's part of this podcast is wanting to actually take steps to pursue um, circles other than our own. Um, but it does seem difficult. What are What do you think the the difficulties in maybe like you said the Christian left and the Christian right are so polarizing, and we want to bring them together, but what are like the difficulties? Do you think that that exists there?
1: Well, for one, I think um, the the polarizing attitudes and uh, it's, you know, there's, a, there's just more and more difficulty of even approaching people that you know think differently than you do. Mm-hmm. I think not just in religion or politics, but in our own little communities in our own little worlds we tend to just um, use social media and do and relate to people that think the way we do Mm -hmm. and and it's even hard to think about okay so what what would I do to meet somebody that thought a different way or, or uh, believed in a different kind of spiritual path and and I think that was part of the effort to become interfaith is to at least understand some of the other belief systems that we have in our communities mm-hmm. um, and I, I do think that uh, there are um, there are Christians as well as people in other faiths that are racist, that are homophobic, that are um, sexist, that are, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and there are people that feel like, well, the whole evangelical non-affiliated church is full of people like that. Mm. I don't believe that, yeah. but, but that really adds to the polarization and and I'm sure there are people in the more conservative churches that feel the same way about the left leaning church and what I would maybe call progressive not necessarily left, not mm. that we all think the same way either <laughs> mm-hmm. <Right>. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh, y- You. It's true, you can even see it I hope you didn't do this but if you read the comments on that article, Seattle's Best Christians and the Stranger, uh, the comment section reflects you know, what we've been talking about here. Um, so peace and justice as an objective, uh, do you find certain churches are more ready to get behind that language than others? Is it about the language?
1: I think it is partly about the language. Um, I think, you know, the organizations, and I think the ecumenical movement was more about uh, uh, social justice and and encouraging churches to be social justice churches. And so, and I think there are churches now that feel well, they they've been there, they're there, and so they don't have to support ecumenism or these kind of efforts to get churches together now Um, so yeah I think I think it's it's more difficult to bridge those gaps
0: when churches a lot of um, denominations are struggling financially you know, when uh-huh. churches reach that state, do you find they become more ecumenically minded or less?
1: I think less. They're more concerned about their own demise or <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. protect what you <laughs> protecting
1: have. what they have, yeah. right, right. So when and you... I think that, that as congregations shrink, you know, there's more and more uh, work to be done by fewer and fewer people. Mm-hmm. So you become obviously more inclined to work on the what's close to you, what's closest, than to go beyond what you're doing. You know what what you're really devoted to.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think a lot of people get devoted to their congregations, even though their congregations change, and uh, and sometimes those. People hang on to the same thoughts they had when they joined the church.
0: <laughs> I imagine a lot of it does come down to dollars, you know, when I think about um, this idea that churches sort of have two objectives, and maybe it's a false dichotomy, but one is to tell people about Jesus, and the other is to um, and teach people, tell and teach people about Jesus, and the other is to, uh, you know, actually care for uh, the oppressed, the orphans and widows, the true religion in James 1. Uh, How do you uh, have conversations with, or I guess maybe it's better phrased as, do you have conversations with churches where you feel that tension in them between uh, soul focused if you will and hungry, body focused?
1: Yeah, I think there is a good deal of tension and uh, even within a church, where people uh, would rather be out, you know, organizing a rally or um, getting people to contact their legislators about making sure that there's a, enough money to feed the hungry, um, that there are services for mentally ill people, um, that uh, that. Peace and justice should be the main concern, because for some of us, we believe that's what Christ was all about: uh, compassion, um, peace, justice, um, changing other people's behaviors and and minds and systems so that they are more equitable and so. But there are people, I think, in every congregation whose main effort is to um, be, have a more interpersonal experience religiously and feel that the uh, soul work is more important. Mm-hmm. And I don't reject that. I just think that just like you and me, We are different. We're different people. We come from different experiences. We experience religion. We experience God. We experience Jesus Christ differently. And so um, I don't expect everybody in my church to get on board with my latest idea.
0: (laughs) Mm. Does that happen a lot? You have latest ideas frequently? (laughs)
1: Well, every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> what do
2: you think about, or I guess have you? It seems like you've spent a lot of effort in your life um, pursuing uh, ecumenicism towards uh, justice and peace. But what about towards like discipleship and teaching, and ha- have you have you spent much of your life in that direction? And and are they different? Should they be blended? The same?
1: I think they. I could I, I might say that um, I wish that I may I, I wish I had more interest and more uh, leadership in the area of discipleship and educating people mm-hmm. about uh, you know the the path that Christians take to. Feel purpose and to feel that um, they are following um, the purpose in their life that would be reflected in others, um, and be more of an evangelist.
3: Mm.
1: But that is not that's not where I've been, mm-hmm. and and I and I feel that others are more able to do that. I mean, there are people who think that I have um, ordination credentials because when I was at the Church Council and at the Washington Association of Churches, I was asked to preach. And so, and I did when I was asked. Um, and I think that I tended to be, um, you know, more reflective mm-hmm. of. Uh, someone who preaches the gospel and uh but i'm not ordained uh, and i have not had that kind of, of cler- uh, clergy experience mm. and so um i kind of leave it up to others that do that well
3: mm. <laughs> yeah
2: do you, um, <clears throat> no, was, do you find it do you think it is more difficult to join to have groups and churches join in a discipleship training goal or evangelistic goal than it would be to a justice goal because I could imagine many churches getting in the area and I would hope around feeding the you know feeding the hungry or about no. bringing justice to to the down and out but it seems more difficult to get people on the on a, a like-minded page when it comes to who God is and yeah. and and how to evangelize and and sure. How to disciple.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, and and I have always sort of rejected, ch- you know, churches just being involved in in uh, charity
3: mm-hmm.
1: and not not taking that a step further and saying, well, why are we having to feed mm-hmm. these people? Why do we have so many homeless people on our street? People complain about the homeless continuously, mm-hmm. but why? Yeah. Why are they there in the first place? You know? And so that is, that is one thing that I think uh, churches, are not willing to look at very carefully and um, and, I, and actually I think a lot of churches are much more um, satisfied if they are just looking inward and considering their own um, their own issues mm-hmm. their own problems And finding a relationship with God that helps them deal with those problems.
0: It's interesting, right? Because the framework we all come at this with is, you know, American church, uh, you know, particularly wealthy Mm -hmm. environment uh, relative to many other churches around the world. Right. Um, And that seems relevant in my head only because the question is then like you said you know how do we we have charity we have money to give to other people mm-hmm. doing the work then it's also a question of okay why aren't we out there as well and and then why is this work needing to be done which it would seem to me is hard for people to confront because that requires looking at um a system we're all a part of that that favors people of privilege, people who mm-hmm. tend to have it easier, um, mm-hmm.
1: influence, power. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And then aren't we really getting back to the discipleship bullet point around looking at our own selfishness mm-hmm. and how we orient our lives in ways that are convenient to us? And isn't that human nature, ultimately? And and if anything. Uh, it seems like Jesus uh, hits that nail on the head a lot. That you know, especially with the Pharisees, both your hearts and your hands, you know, your money and your souls, uh, are about you. Um, yeah. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is there is this dichotomy that is difficult for people to overcome. To to feel that um, their charitable giving is doing the Lord's work. And a lot of inability, and I will say I'm as guilty as the next person to look inside and say, you know, what am I doing to prevent what's happening from happening and and why not you know be more of a proclaimer and um and express what what is in my heart and um yeah i just i just don't Mm -hmm. do that i mean i don't i don't think that my uh, contributions to the church are wasted by any means. I mean, I, you know, we're doing good work. Um, but I do think there is, there is a difficulty for people to relate to a deeper spiritual meaning.
0: Do you find that um, reaching that point in your conversations with churches and congregations Uh, is helpful to get to that sort of theological premise of selfishness and and how we should look outside ourselves? Does that work here? Does it not
1: work? You know, I I think that uh, maybe the environmental movement has helped move that in a direction that is more um, where people are more introspective about uh, their own... Um, wealth what they're doing with it um, what their real purpose in life is um, and how they're working to change uh, minds and hearts so that our planet survives
2: yeah takes away from the introspection and makes them realize that they're part of a whole yeah that affect others?
1: Yeah exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. So what would you say the church in Seattle is doing well?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that there is a whole lot going on that makes the church doing well. Um, I think there is... I mean, I think the church council is really, really is working hard on keeping churches moving in a uh, coordinated effort on issues like uh, immigration um, and uh, some of the other justice issues around affordable housing. Um, But the church overall, hmm, I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, well, you could list a few things that you see are major issues uh, in the church, areas of growth.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think um, I, I would like to see the churches doing more outreach in their communities. And uh, and I've suggested, you know, at our previous church and a previous pastor that we organize um Pairs of people to go out and and uh, knock on doors old school. after church on Sunday. Yes, that's like
0: the Mormons.
1: <laughs> well, yes, but but with a different maybe they have something with with a different message. Mm-hmm. You know, a message of welcome and a message of uh, um, this is what the churches in this area are working on, and we would. We would welcome your support and um, if you're interested you know here's a short video Um, sure and uh, and it could include other churches as well and churches that are more introspective and more looking uh, more at uh, what what are people doing to become more whole people
0: kind of like uh, you know we just moved recently and you get that little welcome to the neighborhood packet with all the ads from the local businesses <laughs> you do that but with churches <laughs> right here's all the churches in your
3: area right right great idea <laughs> cost a little bit of money.
1: you know I mean like uh, now where we're at on on uh, 85th north uh, yeah Northwest Eighty Fifth. Well, one block away, there's a Finnish church. I have no clue what that church is doing, mm-hmm. and what their interests are.
3: Right.
1: And no, uh, oh, maybe I'll visit there one of these Sundays yeah. <laughs> and see.
2: Well, I, I think that brings up like a, a good point about my church in Kenmore, the Vine. There's a church directly across the street. I forget what it, Episcopalian, maybe I, c- I could. I could be wrong. I don't think our churches have had any interaction with one another. Uh Uh-huh. And I want them to, but then even when you talk about, like, we want to, like, engage the community. And it would be great to engage the community together, but how do you do so when maybe your primary goal is so different? So, like you mentioned, wanting to welcome people and neighbors and tell them what you're doing as a church. And see if they would like to join whereas another church a more conservative church my church maybe we're not the most conservative church but like might be more interested in saying like hey you need to be born again like Mm -hmm. yeah so so one's like a a message we want to reach out to you so that you might know jesus you might accept the gospel and the other is like hey we're doing this work you could join us and it's almost more like a like a slow conforming, like the more we're working together, m- the more you might become part of our community. Do you, uh-huh. do you yeah. think like churches that have like primary, what their primary focus and goal is, how do they work together? How, you know, Yeah. like the Finnish church, you don't know anything about it, but what if they have like such a big difference in goal or motive? How do, how do you go about
3: that?
1: You know, well, you have to do some things to get acquainted for one um, having food together <laughs> so just is certainly one way that worked worked in the Bible yeah. I mean
0: <laughs> have you ever organized meals between church leaders
1: um, yes, as a matter of fact um, and we used to, when I was at the church council, we did uh, an effort in four different parts of the county each year um, to bring churches together and inviting whatever Christian churches there were in the community to uh, to a dinner. And you know that worked to a certain extent, but it tended to be churches that were already had some knowledge of mm-hmm. one another. Um, um you know, there's a Presbyterian Church in the uh, Greenwood area that worked with several, well like about five churches. Um, they hosted a um a an every night uh, homeless not a homeless shelter, but it was really for people who were identified as mentally ill that had no place to be. And so they had churches help with the volunteer effort. I mean, they're they're certainly, um, and right now, um, First Lutheran in Ballard does a Sunday uh, supper and uh, there are like four or five churches that help with that and so it brings people together uh, around a particular mission not necessarily around discussing their their spiritual um, paths or or you know their deeper the deeper meaning of what church means to them so you know, uh, but it has to start someplace. Talking, talking <laughs> helps, right?
2: Rather than just yeah. not knowing one another, how can you right. help if you're just...
1: Exactly. If you
2: have an idea of what something might, a church might be or a community yeah. might be and just staying separate.
1: Right, right. Just talking right. first. Yeah, yeah. It seems reasonable. And I mean, I think the Protestant church has sort of... Um, I wouldn't wouldn't say gone astray, but but doesn't make the effort that I think it once did to even to even understand its Protestant brothers and sisters, let alone the Catholic Church, and and issues like abortion rights and and homosexuality, and so on, have certainly been, had a part of that. It's hard because
2: issues matter, right? They 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 do do, matter and we care, but can we have a conversation?
1: Exactly, and even in a deeper conversation. Now, the death penalty, I think, did bring together, um, working against the death penalty, did bring together uh, leaders, you know, religious leaders across the divide and uh, understanding that that life is most important
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that, that people can be saved, you yeah. know.
2: Do you think it's important to search for the points of unity? I think where it we is can find yes. unity.
1: I do think it's important, yeah. Yeah, that's it's like yeah, that's one of the reasons I spent so many years in <laughs> working in ecumenism and uh, and still work through the church and through church organizations.
0: You had to pick the most ecumenical year in Seattle history, to your knowledge, the year of the most interchurch activity and discussion and alignment and effort.
1: Wow
0: or range of years
1: well I think I think in my time it was after the um, world trade or you know mm-hmm. the 9/11 attack mm-hmm. and yeah. the uh, the effort to stop attacks on other religious communities mm-hmm. um, wasn't I mean? A lot of churches were very concerned about that, and were concerned that the uh, attack meant that everything was just going to blow up. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing. But I think, like the um, Japanese internment in World War II, brought a lot of churches together to um, you know try to stop the Mm -hmm. mistreatment of Japanese. There is going back to the beginning of ecumenism when there was uh, uh, churches that could not provide Sunday schools for children or education for parishioners who wanted to relate to children and to become Sunday school teachers. The whole Sunday school movement was really about an ecumenical movement mm. and effort. So Interesting. Yeah.
2: So when weighty things are at hand, you think people maybe get over the fact of yeah. of small maybe smaller things about who votes on the church budget. Right. Or
1: I think uh, so. <laughs> or
2: <laughs> you know, who can be a pastor and,
1: and right. stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it really stimulates people's deeper thinking about what it means to be a person uh, that cares about more than themselves.
0: Okay, I have to ask, because we both went to Marcel Church, (laughs) but... uh, Given the way the Marcel Church ended, and even during its um, growth phase, especially mid two thousands to two thousand fourteen, um, how I mean, did you interact with uh, either a lot of opinions about Ch- Marcel Church people from it? I mean, I my assumption would be that Marcel Church was not on your list of super ecumenical churches.
1: True. Okay. True. Me Although I did know someone who went there for a while, and then became very disappointed with it, and uh, and I know um, Rich Lang, who was the pastor at uh, Trinity United Methodist at the time, was had very very distinct uh, opinions. <laughs> about Mars Hill Church, and uh, I the forget the, the pastor's name now. Distinct
0: opinions, one way or the other, you know. Yes. It's very polarizing. Uh, pretty
1: negative. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very negative. And, uh, and I think that was because of in, uh, interactions that he had with uh, with the pastor mm-hmm. at the time, whose name I forget now. Mark
0: Driscoll. Hmm? Mark Driscoll.
1: Yes. Mark yeah. Driscoll. Yes.
0: Uh, right did marcel church have a big influence on the seattle area or
1: not well i think it did yeah, i mean given all of the different startups that were a part of that church i mean i'm i'm sure that it brought many people into the christian faith that have remained a part well just the two of you are major examples yeah
0: Yeah, we have a complicated relationship with with the opinions about Mars Hill Church, and we can leave it at that. But (laughs) it's interesting because being inside of it, the vibe was very much like this is the Seattle movement, Uh and then Uh coming out of it, yeah, and then coming out of it, kind of like, you know, was it really as as uh, momentous as it felt when you're on the inside?
3: Uh yeah
2: well, the fact that you asked about it without without knowing if she even knew what church it was says something about it <laughs> infamy
3: yeah
1: yeah well, and actually, the founding Mars Hill Church was right in my community, mm. and there were times when I thought about oh, man, given all the people that are down there on Sunday, I should go down there with my leaflets and put them on the cars. <laughs> mm. There
3: you go.
0: <laughs> hey, if you smoke a cigarette, you can do anything you want. <laughs> um, well, we should wrap up here soon. I mean, is there anything you'd like to share? Uh, like I say, in verse, do you have any questions uh, before we get
2: some last thoughts? No, i am just love some thoughts for now yeah. uh,
0: you know what what would you like to leave the Seattle Church with if you could to speak to every church leader and member here
1: well what I would like to leave with them is to get acquainted with your neighbors uh, the neighbors meaning your neighboring churches so that um, you know what they're about Um see if you can find some things that are uh, consistent between your beliefs and um, and work on those and uh, and explore how social justice is being done in the city, beyond charity mm-hmm. and uh, and find ways to have a, constant and consistent voice of what I believe and I think most Christians believe what Jesus was all about and um, to um, do justice and walk humbly with God.
2: Thank you. Thank you for coming on our podcast. Evan and I were talking before, right before you got here. Like, wh- why would you come to this? Because um, <laughs> we aren't a podcast that has any clout. We haven't even officially published anything yet. You don't know us. We're some young guys. I alluded we're probably from more conservative mm-hmm. church than you. But you didn't. You said you were interested in coming for uh, seemingly no other reason than what you're talking about. Yeah. Getting to know other Christians in the area and um, seeing if there is common ground. Um, so I really appreciate you coming and even putting into practice what you were talking about by by meeting and, and seeing what good might come from it.
0: Good,
3: thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alice. It's been yeah. a pleasure.